to appreciate what they do. You know, sometimes I see them come and they're handing out those Bibles and nobody gets one and some people don't have one. So even if you have one sometimes, maybe you're called to break the ice. Maybe even though you have one, you get one, the person that doesn't have one says, hey, I could do this. And they get a Bible too. Hey, good morning. Pastor Sack, our, our lead pastor, uh, he's away with the young adults retreat. They're at the wilderness property about, I think, an hour, two hours away from here. And so pray for them. A lot of our young adults, I think they had like uh, over 75 of them that got away, plus the, the counselors and the, and the kitchen staff. So be in prayer. Uh, Pastor Ken Graves was um, there to, to teach the word. Uh, God is doing a great work here at Calvary Chapel, Miami, your home, your church. This Thursday, last, actually Friday, I think years past we've done it on Thursday, but last Friday, uh, this room was filled with law enforcement officers. We did in a police appreciation luncheon, and it was so great to have so many different agencies represented. Uh, the, the, the choir, uh, Amanda, they just did such a great job. Uh, national anthem was sung in a way that, man, it, it just was so special. And then the food, and then we had uh, Pastor Ken Graves also gave a teaching. So thank you, those of you that knew it, those of you that prayed. Those of you that didn't know it, that's why you always pray, because God is always doing something uh, with the church and with the church family. Um, last Wednesday, if you missed the Bible study, you got to get it. If you know anybody that has gender confusion or struggles in that area, I really believe that they would be blessed by getting the teaching of last Wednesday Bible study. As a church, we're going through Leviticus on the middle of the week, on Wednesday, and then on Sunday, as you know, we're going through Revelation. Today, we're going to take a little pause from Revelation. I was thinking and praying, Lord, what, what do you want me to teach on, you know, and pray for me. I haven't done this in a while, so I hope I remember how to do it. They say it's like riding a bike. You learn. Uh, you never forget, but I don't feel this nervous when I ride a bike, though, <laughs> so it's a little bit different, uh, but we, we are blessed. I'm so thankful for uh, the way that God is moving in our church family and Pastor Zach and Amanda and those of you that, that are just stepping up to the plate and are participating prayer service, thank you so much. Having said that, Matthew chapter 2, let's stand to our feet. We're going to read a portion of scripture and then we're going to pray and then we're going to dive into uh, the word for today. So um, Matthew, gospel according to Matthew chapter 2. Verse 8, please, let's read that together. We could read it out loud. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. God, thank you that we can search, we can seek Lord, thank you that we can examine. Uh, Lord, we take the car for preventive maintenance. We uh, go to the doctor for a yearly checkup. Lord, our air condition uh, system, our uh, washing machines, our appliances. Lord, how, how good it is when we get inspections, when we get evaluations. If something is off, if something is wearing out, we can remedy it uh, before it becomes more costly. Thank you that we get to do that. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you've gathered us here today at 11 o'clock in this place. 
Lord, on this date for something special that you have for every one of us. Together, we pray for those viewing by computer right now, by social media. Thank you for the family that goes beyond these four walls. Lord, we pray for Sam and Bina, missionaries in India. Lord, touch Sam. Heal him, Lord. Strengthen his body. We pray for Matthew, one of our own teenagers, Lord. We pray for dad and mom that you would give them strength and guidance, that you give the doctors and uh, as they go to the hospital, Lord, please provide the right people in the right places. Lord, we pray for every law enforcement that was in this property last Friday. And draw them to you, Lord. Thank you for Pastor Ken Grace being with us. We pray for him, for Jeanette, her healing. And Lord, a special prayer for Pastor Zach Adams, Pastor Sandy Adams' son. As he's battling with COVID symptoms, as he's... Uh, in an induced coma as his life is on the balance. Uh, Lord, as he's on a ventilator, we know, we know that you are sovereign and you got the final word and we're praying for him right now, Lord Jesus. Touch him. Thank you for Pastor Mike McIntosh and help him to recover from his quadruple uh, bypass surgery on his heart and we pray for Pastor Don McClure. Lord, we pray for everyone here, friends, families, co-workers, sons, daughters. Lord, those here that are single, we pray for the future spouse, the future husband, the future wife, that even now you be working in their life. Thank you that we can pray, Lord. Again, thank you for Pastor Zach. Bless him. Fill him with your spirit. Continue to use him, Lord. Draw him closer and closer to you. Every pastor, every elder, every deacon here, every wife, Lord, help us, we pray. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Greet someone before you're seated, please. Say hello. As we look together at Matthew chapter 2, it's good in verse 8 to see that word search. King Herod sends the wise men, the magi, he sends them to Bethlehem to seek out the one that they had traveled a distance to, to worship. If you backtrack a little bit to uh, verse 2, you see that uh, and the wise men, they came from the east, they arrive at Jerusalem. And then in verse 2, you see that they said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? I stop a second, look to your eyes, and this must have sent uh, earthquake through Herod. Because Herod is a psychopath, he's uh, drunk on power, he wants to be the authority. 
So here come these wise magi, and I don't want to ruin Christmas for you. We usually have narrowed it down to three, but the scripture doesn't say that there were three. We know that there were three gifts given. But we know that these men were traveling with quite the entourage and some scholars believe that it was definitely more than three because three men from the east might not have attracted King Herod's attention. Something happened. There was something about these men. And like today, when you have power, when you have um, financial wealth, when you have influence, well, sometimes it's very easy to access those that are in power, that have wealth, and that have influence. But the bottom line here is you have Herod. He's the king. He's in charge of an area. And then you have these three wise men that come and they're saying, we're looking for a king. Herod says, what, what, what do you mean? Are you looking? No, no, we're looking for a king. And if that didn't get them, I know the following one did because they said, for we have seen his star in the east. So I stop a second, and, and Herod said, well, a star? I don't have a star. What do you mean? What, who, who's this king that's got a star? And if that one didn't get him, I know this one definitely got him. Because then there, the magi say, and we've come for what? To worship him. You be benefited. You would be blessed. You would be enriched to do a word study on that word, worship. To bow down, to lay down, to surrender, to give homage to give attention to to magnify we we've come something that you're only supposed to do to God you are created I was created we're born to worship you're gonna worship something you're gonna worship somebody it's a funny thing you you know what you worship because it gets your attention it it, it gets you it, you take care of it you some people worship different things I don't even want to be too specific because I want to save time for later eventually you might get upset at me and, and that's okay I still love you anyway so but you're gonna worship something but we're never satisfied with worship until we worship God so there's Herod there's the wise men there's the interview. Hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews. We've seen a star. We've been led by here by divine guidance and intervention. And even the constellations, even the stars are pointing to this king. And we're seeking him out. And when we find him, we come with a plan. We're not here for blessings. We're here to worship him because we want him. I wonder how many of us, how many watching by computer can say, I, I want Jesus. Growing up, you know, I, I'm, I'm old. You could probably tell. <laughs> uh, I could tell. But, 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 but in, 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 in the Christian circles, we had this song, I want Jesus in my life more than anything this world can offer me. Because I know that he alone can satisfy. And I see the world, and, and I see the new iPhone, and I see the new Android, Asteroid phone, and, and, and I see all of these things, and I see uh, uh, people that are just so dissatisfied, so lost, so empty, so blind, so confused. So deceived Herod gets the information 
and Herod has his agenda. He wants to eliminate any competition. He can't say that to the wise Magi men because they won't come back. So Herod says, you go and you search for him. And when you find him, come back and let me know so I can go and worship him too. I hope you could stay awake. I'm, I'm known to put people to sleep and come back next Sunday. At least you could sleep here. You know, don't, no charge for that. So let me give you this. You got to take this with you. It's a great thing when you search and your searching brings you to a point that you're not just self-analyzing. You're not just self-beating yourself up. You're not self-condemned. It's a wonderful thing when you do a search and it brings you to God. It brings you to worship. And so as I read this verse, as I was thinking about this, I thought today, if you wanted a title for the teaching, it's Search 122. You could write that down. That's the title. That's our next moments together. That's what we're going to be kind of like looking at. Search 122. Búsqueda 122. Search 122. That word search, hopefully you're there. Matthew chapter 2, verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem and he said, go and search. That word search in the original language is a word that means to examine. But it's not just a outwardly kind of like how would I say this distant evaluation no it's strict it's a to examine strictly to inquire to inquire of someone that word search comes from the other word which is a word it's interesting is a word that it means to find out where it came out of the word from which we get the word here, search from, that word means to evaluate, to see whence the action or the motion out of what place, out of what time, out of what cause. I stop, I look to your eyes. In other words, as we do a search here this morning, it's kind of like to search our relationship with the living God. Where am I with God? Where are you with God? Now, you're in a good place because it's Sunday morning. You're here, 11 o'clock service, you know. But to do a search means that you would kind of like, once you put the two words together, Lord, I came here this morning. Where did the motivation come from? You got up. You got dressed. You all look lovely, you know. And I'm not saying that for you to take me to lunch. I'm taking, I got grand, grandpa duty, you know, me and his cell. And so we got to take care of the kids. So we'll be probably leaving soon and uh, I, I give thanks to God that I had my kids when I was younger. You know, I'm finding that out. But the point, the point here is this. The point here is this. You came here. Okay, that's good. But what was the motivation? You do your quiet time. You, you do a devo. You got worship music in your car. I hope you listen to the best station, which is 104.7 FM, God's Way Radio. And, and so when you tune to that, yeah, thank you. Hallelujah. You get lunch. <laughs> but anyway, the, the point is, What's the motivation? So there's something in the way that you and I are created that God loves you. It's a gift. It's salvation. It's by grace. But you can participate. And it seems like if you and I, if we're going to be healthy believers, if we're going to be on point, if we're going to be with our Heavenly Father's agenda, we need to have times of searching, of examining that word 
Search there is a word that means to ascertain, to interrogate, to ask, to inquire, to search, to examine. So before we leave this area of scripture, it's an interesting thing that the Magi in verse 2, they were searching. They wanted to know where is he who has been born the king of the Jews. We've seen his star in the east and we've come to worship him. I stop, I, I look to your eyes, I, I think with you, these guys, they, they studied the stars, they knew that this was a special star and they had done search, they had done information and this is not astrology as we know it, you're a Capricorn, you're a Cancer, sometimes people say I'm a Gemini, I'm a Sagittarius, I tell them I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm of the sign of the cross, but that's a different message, but to stick to the point, these these guys were searching. And so now you go down to verse 8 and Herod says, well, you go to Bethlehem and you keep searching carefully for that young child. And when you found him, bring back word to me so I may come and worship him also. Please note with me, Herod is a heathen. Herod is lost. Herod is evil man. But God is using even Herod to show us this morning that even though he wasn't on point, he is accountable to God because he had the right formula. He had the right course of action. Go, search, diligently, find, come back and tell others, and I'm supposed to do with that worship. He had, he had it in the head, but in the heart, he was so far away from God. Jesus put it this way. These people with their lips, they honor me, but their heart is so far away. That's why we need to do search. That's why I need to do search. Oh, Lord, don't let me be that whose lips and mind, I got it, but my heart is drifting away from you, Lord. Don't, no, Lord, I'm doing a search right now. I'm examining I'm interrogating. Lord, I, I want to see where I'm at and I want to see the things I do. What's the motivation? Wh where do they come from? And here's the bottom line. Do they come from you? Are you my inspiration? Are you my love? Or is it just, I don't want to go to hell. I'm an American. Apple pie, American flag. <laughs> God bless America. Search. Leaving this area of scripture, please go with me to 1 Corinthians. We go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the letter that Paul writes to the Corinthian church is a letter which is a corrective letter. There's challenges, there's problems. The, the, the Christians at Corinth, they, they, they're, they lost track. They, they're out of orbit. They're out where they're supposed to be, you know. So God raises up Pastor Paul, Apostle Paul, and he writes this letter to correct them. They had a lot of things wrong. Uh, their theology was wrong. But God, when you belong to him, God tries to correct us, to instruct us. I, I kind of go a, a side angle here, and I would ask you, I would ask myself, hey, when's the last time that I was corrected? When's the last time that I was, because just because you're a pastor, well, here's a beautiful thing. I got a wife. quiet here all of a sudden. <laughs> God 
I can use your wife, husband. But here's a novelty. Wife, God can use your husband too. He uses a donkey. When's the, when's the last time that someone spoke into your heart and you said, hmm, let me think about that. You know what? Let me process that. I've seen pastors fall. I've seen great speakers fall. And a lot of times this was because they had no correction. They, they didn't do any searching. So what I want you to see here is that the believers at Corinth, they're believers, they're Christians, but now God is doing some searching through the Apostle Paul and through this letter. When they got together for communion, they had it all wrong. They thought communion was about eating and getting drunk and having parties, and they were totally off there. So picking up with me there, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse 23, Paul makes it clear. Listen, what I'm about to tell you, I got it from someplace. And it's not just theology. It's not just intelligence. God has given me a word for you. Verse 23, you could follow. I'll read it out loud. You could follow with your eyes. He says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus... On the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke the bread. And this is what he said, take and eat this bread here. It's my body. This represents my body. It's going to be broken for you. And every time you eat this bread in communion, in the Lord's Supper, in the Eucharist, Every time you, uh, you used to celebrate Passover, but now it's going to go from Passover to the Lord's Supper. Passover, the lamb that you got out of Egypt, now is going to be Jesus, the lamb of God that got you out of Egypt, representative of sin, where now you're saved. He said, every time you do this, what does he say this? He says, do this in remembrance of me. He goes on and he says, in the same manner, he also took the cup. After the supper, and he said, this cup is of the new covenant. It's in my blood. This do often, and as often as you drink this, do it in what manner? In remembrance of me. I stop. I look to your eye for communication. As you do a search, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not upset. This is not bring out grandpa to do papa time. That's not what this is. I just want us to search. When's the last time you had communion? When's the last time you had communion with your family of God? Jesus said, do this. So as I search, Lord, am I obedient to you? you? You told me that I'm supposed to eat the bread and take the cup. And as I eat the bread, when we come here, first Wednesday of every month, we have communion here at Cary, Miami. And, and when the bread is passed out, you know, I'm supposed to take that bread and think about Jesus and think about his body, the nail in his hands, the nail on his feet, the crown of thorns on his brow. As I'm eating that, I'm thinking about the cross. I'm thinking about Calvary. I'm thinking about Jesus. I got salvation for grace and free, but it cost you everything, Jesus. And it's almost like symbolically, okay? You can't embrace Jesus, but as you have that bread, it's like spiritually you're embracing Jesus. Communion. Communion. The Lord's Supper. And when you take the cup, you it's juice from the fruit of the vine, you know, uh, but it represents his blood. Jesus, you died, but you went all the way. You shed all your blood on Calvary's cross to cover over my sins, your sins. Communion. 
If you haven't been here on the first Wednesday of the month, can this grandpa gently ask you, where are you? We miss you. It's not, it's not legalism. So if you can't come, you could turn on your computer. You could watch online. Buy yourself some unleavened bread. Buy yourself some grape juice. And then when communion time happens, well, you eat communion wherever you are. But you're not in Spain. You're not in Greece. So maybe out of the 11 months left, maybe, maybe you could plan to come more. Maybe two. And you like it so much that maybe you come three. But the point here is, he's writing to them. Keep reading with me. Look at what he says here. Verse 25, in the same manner, he took the cup after the supper. He said, this cup is of the new covenant. My blood this too often as you drink it and remember it of me. But I wanted to bring you to verse 26. Look at verse 26. It's so amazing. He says, as often as you Eat this bread and drink this cup. You're proclaiming the Lord's death. There's something about communion that we're proclaiming. He died. But then look at the end of that, the last three words, till he comes. What does that mean, Christian? He's alive. He's coming back. So when you have communion, you think about the cross, you think about forgiveness of sins, you, you think about you're regenerated, you're, you're, you're born again, you think about that, you think about Jesus died, but then you think about we're going to see him again. He's coming back. I grew up, you know, and that's another song that we sang in Spanish. Because I grew up in a Spanish congregation. Viene otra vez. Viene otra vez. La, 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 la. Forgot the words to the song. La, 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 la. But I remember the ones that really belong. Viene otra vez. That means he's coming back. We used to sing that. Communion. He died. He paid the price. Perfect sacrifice, perfect atonement. Sins are forgiven, been born again. But that's not the end of the story. The trumpet's going to sound. We're going to be caught up in the air. We're going to see Jesus. We're going to be in his presence. I'm going to look at you and say, wasn't it worth it? You, you know, it's, it's going to be, a, he's coming back. No more tears, no more pain, no more boosters. <laughs> I'll stop there, I'll stop there. No more, yeah. He's coming back. But I told you, you got to search because all of this, as he gives it, now join me in verse 27 where he gives a little summary. He says, listen, if you eat this bread and you drink this cup of the Lord and you do it in an unworthy manner, you're going to be guilty, guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. There's a right way to do communion. There's a wrong way to do communion. And so what do I do with that? Verse 28. Let's read that together. Can you read it out loud with me? But let a man, ladies, you're included here. Let a man or you woman, you know examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup for he who eats and drinks and is unworthy in an unworthy manner you're drinking judgment to yourself you're not but here's the thing you're not discerning the lord's body what is the right way to have communion you gotta evaluate you gotta discern the lord's body that word examine there if you're taking note is a word that means to test when I come to communion, if I do it right, I should test myself. I should examine myself. Is a word that means to prove, to scrutinize. And look at this. It's a word that means to test, examine, prove, scrutinize, 
to see whether something is genuine or not. For example, metals. It's a gold. It's a silver. Wait a minute, Pastor, Pastor, you're confusing me a little bit. Oh, forgive me for that, but let's make it clear. That communion is a time that you examine genuine. What's genuine? We know God is genuine. The question is, am I doing communion understanding how genuine Jesus, his sacrifice, the cross, his death, Excuse me for getting excited. I'm getting excited right now because am I recognizing that Jesus can genuinely heal people from schizophrenia? Pastor Mike McIntosh, right now he's healing. He had quadruple heart bypass, but he was diagnosed a paranoid schizophrenia. And I prayed for him, and the Lord healed him. When I come to communion, do we realize marriages that God can heal your spouse, husband, wife, your son, your daughter, your pastor. God can heal your church. God can heal the land. God can heal. Do we, do we examine what we're doing? Come back next week. That's an unworthy manner. That's an unworthy manner. Do you stop? you let hope do we let peace examining yourself look at theirs it's in the word I, I didn't invent this verse 29 he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner they eat and they drink judgment to himself you're not discerning sees about the lord's body you're not you're not recognizing the power in jesus the sacrifice of jesus the authority of jesus the lordship of jesus and and so what happens verse 30 for this reason many are weak and sick among you and many are even sleep which means they're they're dying i look to your eyes and I got to tell you, family, there's a lot of brothers and sisters, they're dying. Maybe not physically, but there's no hope. There's no passion. There's no purpose. There's no power in their relationship with the Lord. Sick and weak and worried and What's happening? I'm old enough to tell you that insurance companies used to give a discount to Christians because they knew that they would deal better with stress. They would live longer lives. They didn't have as many addictions as the rest of the world. There was a difference between no Cristiano and Cristiano, non-Christian and there was a difference. Even the even the insurance companies in my lifetime that would happen. Now I think they're going to charge the Christians more because <laughs> you got to deal with that that deception that you're under. The world they they don't they just go for it. When you come to communion, we're supposed to examine ourselves. Lord, how we doing? How we doing, Lord? I know you're doing great, but how am I doing, Lord? And that, that's the beautiful thing about examining yourself. You're not going to get the pressure. Oh, man, I'm doing terrible. I'm not going to have communion. I'm <laughs> no, 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 no. When you examine, Lord, I'm not doing good, but Lord, you saved me once, and you could do it again. 
I'm done. I could pray, sing a song, and send you home, but you would leave being early. Pray that I don't keep you late. I keep the 9 o'clock service late. That's what I love about Pastor Sagai. But anyway, here's the point. Leaving this area of scripture, go with me to Genesis 39. Genesis 39. I have three more main things that I, I need to give you. Three more main things. And you could take notes. The first one, we're going to see the most valuable. As I search, as we examine ourselves, as we do this search, 122, January 2022. We're going to do a search here. Uh, one of the things that we could see vertically, my relationship with God, your relationship with God, is it the most valuable thing? So, again, I stop, look to your eyes for communication. Hopefully, we're on the same page. Hopefully. You know, um, hopefully we, we got this. Okay, I'm supposed to examine, scrutinize, evaluate. I'm supposed to see my motivation. Like, where's it coming from? Lord, in my vertical relationship with you on this January 2022. Lord, are you really most valuable in my life? What's the most valuable thing in your life? Family. I, I, I'm a car guy. So when I go into the parking lot here, I, I like what I see. Man, I see all kind of cars. Um, but is that the most valuable thing in your life? The car you drive? The impression you give? Some people, they'll do anything for the right car. They might live in a dump, but they got a nice car. And if anybody's in doubt, I could always remember those spinners that came out. Remember <laughs> those things? <laughs> I, I, they still happen. I, I was standing at the traffic light next to a car the other day, and I was hearing their music more than God's Way radio. I, I almost wanted to get a boombox just to put God's Way radio, bah, you know, but I, I'm not going to do that. But, but, but it's funny because what's most valuable to you, you got no money dropping. You got no problem dropping money for it. Those cars, boom, you know. No problem. What's most valuable in your life? Some people, man. No problem. No pro Don't be condemned. I'm not. It's just, what's valuable to you? Some people, they eat. Your house. Some people. Is your puppy. Your husband can't even get next to you, but the puppy's there. <laughs> What's valuable to you? It's a wonderful thing if we examine ourselves and we say, wow, Lord, my puppy's nice, but I got to give my husband a break. You know, I got I to gotta let him, you know, my wife. You need these. We need these examinations. We... We need to be real. We need to look in the mirror and say, what's, what's really valuable to you? Jesus said, these people with their lips, man, they, they, they honor and bless me, but their heart is so far away from me. So this morning is a time for us to come here and say, Lord, how are we doing, Lord? Am I really, are you the most valuable thing in my life? And so there's an example in the Bible of the many, and his name is Joseph. 
And there's something about Joseph that as I examine myself, as you examine yourself, you could say, Lord, give me that heart. Give me the heart of Joseph in Genesis. We won't go there because of time. But in chapter 37, Joseph's father, in a sense, had let him down already. Joseph is a dreamer. Jacob is a dreamer. Joseph comes to his dad, and his father says, what are you dreaming about, kid? Get, get right. Get Joseph should. But his father didn't really understand them, you know, to, to the way in the dreams, you know. And, and then there's Joseph's brothers, and his brothers don't understand them. And, and, and so Joseph... Joseph, his brothers hate him, and, and so they, they throw him in, in a pit, and, and they're going to they're gonna kill him. Could you imagine? Could you have been there? Could you imagine? Uh, I, I miss my sister. I walked into the church property today. I was thinking about Maria. You know, me and Maria, we had that, that love-hate relationship where at times, but, but it, you know, she was so smart, and I was on the other side of the spectrum, I thought, and, uh, you know, but uh, she was always well-behaved, and, and I, my parents had to go to, to my schools. So but the point I'm trying to make is this. You know, could you imagine Maria? She don't get don't get on my case because Maria would come to my rescue. She's my big sister. So Joseph's brothers are ready to kill him. Could you imagine looking at your brothers? They take off your coat, and you're and you're probably saying, "Guys, it's Joe, Joey. It's, I'm you, tu hermano. I'm you. Ah, you think you're proud? I'm not." And they sell him as a slave. And he gets bought at a slave auction. Potiphar buys him. You would think at that point, Joseph could say, I'm done with God. I'm done with the Bible. Forget about, I'm done. I'm not believing in that stuff anymore. I'm done. But look with me at Genesis 39, verse 1. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, he bought him from the Ishmaelites. Uh, for those of you that are no enforcement officers here, it's a good thing Joseph comes into law enforcement circles and influence. They had taken him down there. Verse 2, and I love this. The Lord was with Joseph. Let me stop there a second. Let me look to your eyes. I, I love that. You know what that shows me? That shows me as I do some examination in myself today, I did it before the teaching to prepare. I'm doing it right now even as I'm teaching. And, and on my way home, I'm sure, and throughout this week, I, Lord, are you the most valuable thing in my life? And when God is the most valuable thing in your life, your world can fall apart. Your brothers can betray you. Your dad and your parents may not understand you. You might be on the wrong side of the tracks. But, but when, when you do an examination, what a good thing it is to say, God, but you're still the most important thing in my life. I like that psalmist who said, even if my mom and my dad leave me, abandon me, the Lord will still stand by my side. See, Joseph had to get to the point where he thought, you know what, the whole world has gone down. The whole world has gone crazy, but Lord, I'm not leaving you. You're all I got. It's an interesting thing, 2020, 2021. God's trying to send a message. I know about CCP. I know about China Communist Party. I know about that. I know about gain of function. I know about some of our taxpayers. I, I know the deal. I don't know if you're watching and researching, but, but I, I know the deal. I know that big pharma is making a lot of, somebody's making a lot of money here. I shouldn't be saying that. That's why I'm glad we have a good lead pastor. Just the word. He just sticks to the word. I'm glad. I love it. But 
But is God the most valuable thing in your life? Or the next news that you get? The next information that you get? What, what, what's really the most valuable thing in your life? Joseph? It tells us here. And I don't have time to do it, but go home and read this. This is a beautiful chapter. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. There's this beautiful woman, Potiphar's wife. How do you know she's beautiful? Potiphar was a wealthy, influential man. And every wealthy, influential man, they usually have the kind of wife that she drives the Mercedes camel. She's not driving no Mercedes Pinto camel. She's driving the Mercedes camel. She's got, she's got the Audi donkey. She, she does the manicure. She does the, this lady must have been beautiful. How do you know that, Pastor? Because it wouldn't have been a temptation otherwise. She's beautiful, and she loves success, and she loves a man of integrity. And a lot of times, a lot of pastors have fallen down because they don't realize the minute you give in to this sin, you've lost it. You're just like a regu regular guy. The, the challenge is the challenge. A lot of you guys at the office, you, you ain't that much, really. I mean, your wife loves you, but, but they're putting on the, the, the hit on you because you're a challenge. So she was after Joseph, and, and, and Joseph says, listen, everything in this house, Potiphar, he's put in my charge. I'm in charge of everything. I'm the FTO here. Everything in this house I'm in charge of except you because you're his wife, and I'm not doing this. She got upset at that. She gets him. But what I'm trying to show you here is as you do that evaluation today, as we do that examination, is God the most valuable thing in your life? Because when he is, look at the next part of the verse where I stop reading. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. Can you read that next thing out loud for me? What does it say there? And he was successful man. What does that mean? It's got a work ethic. Hey, as you do some examination here today, it's got the most valuable thing in your life. It's gonna be, it's gonna, it's gonna be demonstrated in the way you work. Are you nobody here? That's in the nine o'clock service. No, I'm not. are you lazy? Do we do things half mass? Do we, do we, do we try to do things to excellence? Nobody's looking, but God's looking. And God, because you're the most valuable thing in my life. I want to do this right. You know, I like milkshakes. I don't know about you. I like smoothies. And, and for my mother-in-law, she makes the best mango milkshake. I mean, she puts some leche condensada in there and evaporada. And then I, I found out from her that one of the tricks to milkshake is you got to put a, the right amount of salt. It, it brings the salt. It brings the sugar out, you know. So my mother-in-law would make, if you say, man, make me a mango, she put the ice, she crunched the ice. She would make it like, like, Dairy Queen, car. nobody has a, nothing on Clara's milkshake. Maybe she's not making them in heaven, I don't know. What's the point? Do you do things for excellent when you have the special guest coming? Oh, the governor's coming to you. Some of you I know, whoever you invite, man, you do it to excellence because the Lord is with you and you have success in what you do. And so as we examine ourselves today, you always get to work late. You always try to do the shortcut. You're law enforcement. We have some law enforcement here. Do you do justice? Man, I got to write this report. It's going to take a long time. But I do it because I was sworn for this. 
You're a mechanic. Do, do you just change a part? I could be the put the battery on, let the car go, it'll come back tomorrow. Let, or do you do you troubleshoot? Do you think? Are there any people like that left today? My wife finally found a good hairstylist. I've been married to her for 43 years. And, and it was funny. She was, going, she was showing them the picture. Can you do this? And the ladies would say, yeah. Nothing like the picture. <laughs> picture of wife, nothing like it. Can you just trim it a little bit? They would cut it short. She finally got a hairstylist. Can you, can you cut it short? She cut it just the way she wanted it. So we put her to the test. Dalia, my sister-in-law, was in town. So she takes my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law tells her what she wants. She does it. I don't know. I don't know if she's a believer. I don't know. I don't know if 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 God is the most valuable thing in her life. But I know that the work ethic she has shows what your work ethic should show. Because if a heathen has a better work ethic than a believer, ay ay ay, mama mia, we're in trouble. And so that's the first point. As we examine ourselves, is. Is God the most valuable thing in your life? Well, the, the next thing I want to give you is not only is it valuable, is it visible? Leave that area of scripture. Go with me to Daniel, the book of Daniel. What a great book it is. I know you know the story, but I just thought we would look at it today as we're just exploring, we're thinking about, we're we're hearing, I hope, from God, do an examination, do a search in your life today. Is your relationship with God, is it, is it, is God the most valuable thing in your life? And, and now we go to, is it visible? So, it's an interesting thing. You know Daniel in the first chapter, Daniel Chapter 1, verse 8, it's a classic, classic verse. Before I read it, I look to your eyes. You remember they get to uh, Babylon and, and they're in the, in the king's court. They're one of the king's eunuchs, you know. They're there to just serve the king. And so they get special treatment. They get special training. They get special diet, special food, you know. And remember, Daniel lost his home, he lost his house, he lost his family, he's in Babylon, it's a new language, it's a new culture. Remember, there's many indications that if you work that close to the king, you become a eunuch. So Daniel is very possible, become a eunuch now. He's lost his ability to procreate. He's got every reason to be down. But look with me at verse 8, Daniel chapter 1, it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. And therefore he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. In other words, Daniel is saying, listen, I know we're supposed to eat this food, but this food has been sacrificed to idols. And I, I don't want to, the bottom line here is we want to eat something different. We're going to eat. Uh, vegetables, and we're going to drink water, the Daniel diet. Come closer to me. Just we examine ourselves today. Lord, how's my relationship with you? Are you the most valuable thing in my life? And then second of all, are you the most visible thing in my life? In other words, that when I have to choose between idols and being faithful to you, Lord, it's going to be visible. 
And I don't necessarily mean by men and women around me. Lord, I want it to be visible to you. Lord, I want to do what honors you. There's this thing, it's kind of foreign in our world today. It's called the fear of God. And Daniel had that. And this morning, we would be so good to evaluate ourselves. Louis and Teresa, he's leading worship today. His son uh, gets an allergic attack, you know, and we had to call fire rescue. They're on the way to the hospital. Please pray for them. Uh, the, the, the rescue truck came. It got stuck here. We had to get the rescue truck. Uh, you know, it, it's like I'm saying, Lord, it's just a Sunday. We're, you know, we're just trying to love you. But here's the point I'm trying to make to you. Lewis says, you guys want me to stay to do the 11 o'clock service? No, Lewis, you go. But at least that loyalty to God. You know, police officer, he's making an arrest and his wife beeps him. He can say, um, somebody else handle this arrest. My wife, I, I forgot a gallon of milk at home. No, they're loyal because they're, they're law enforcement. Military people, could you, could you imagine? And so could it be that law enforcement, military people have more loyalty to God than God's people? Could you imagine? You're sick and you're praying to heaven. God, I need a miracle. No, I'm on vacation right now. Sorry, I'm, I can't answer your prayer right now. God is always faithful. God is always loyal. If God is faithful and loyal to me, should I, should you, should we not want to be loyal to him? And what he is showing us. Because God will show you. You'll know. In your heart. You'll know. And so Daniel. My purpose in my heart. What does it say there? I don't want to contaminate myself. I don't want to. I don't want to pollute myself. With what's going on. I don't know if I get in trouble for this. Here we go. Macarena, you know. But does that belong on Sunday morning in worship as we start the worship? Really? Oh, it bring a lot of people. Explosive. What a wonderful thing when people have in their heart that desire. We're not going to defile ourselves. Nothing wrong with Macarena. But we're just worshiping Jesus right now. The world has got so many ideas. The world has got so many things that they're peddling and, and they're bringing into society. People are Christians. Believers are just... And you are what you eat. Examine myself. And that's the point about motivation and origination. This idea I have, where did it come from? Did it come from the word? Or is there an outside source that gave me some mentality? And now with that, I go to the word and then it all gets messed up. Not Daniel. Daniel knew that God was saying, Daniel, for you, no, we're not going to do that. And he purposed in his heart. Okay, Lord, you're most valuable, and therefore, it's going to be most visible. Last one. 
and then we close after this one. You could write this down. Most viable. Viable. That word viable means that this is the most successful thing. In other words, it means, este caminito aquí, this road. If you walk this caminito, if you walk this road, you could walk that road, you could walk this road, you could walk that. But if you walk this road, as you examine yourself, this is the most viable. You know, when you're going to Hialeah on the Palmetto, the most viable road is that you go north, hopefully, on the Palmetto. Now, you could go south, Florida City, but it's not Hialeah. What I'm trying to communicate to you is that if we want to meet with God and we love God and we believe in Jesus and we call ourselves Christians, little Christ, followers of Jesus, then there's the most viable road. Let me show you that in chapter 3 in the same book of Daniel. So you're here in Daniel. And so we see what happens. Verse 1, chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, he makes an image of gold. It was super tall, super high, this, and everybody's supposed to bow down before this statue. There's people there, verse 4, that cried out loud to the command, peoples, nations, languages. And at the time that you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psalter, the symphony, they had an incredible music band. This, this must have been incredible tunes. When you hear it, you're going to fall down and you're going to worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Stop a second. Look to your eyes. That's verse 5. Good motivation, good band, good party, a lot of people. Aquí, la vuelta, eh? the, the thing to do here is ba, 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 boom, 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 boom. Ba, 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 ba. Just bow down. Yeah, good statue. But if that's not enough motivation, verse 6 says, whoever does not fall down and worship is going to be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at that time, verse 7, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, symphony, with all the king's music and the people's nations and languages, they all fell down. They worshiped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. However, some of the staff of the king came. Verse 9, the last part says, King, live forever. You made a law. You passed a bill. There's a mandate Verse 12, but there's certain Jews that, by the way, King, you've promoted them. You've treated these guys in a special way. They're over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Uh, the name Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, the, the, the Chaldeans' name that they got, these men, King, they have not paid due regard to you. They don't serve your God. They don't worship you. The gold image which you've set up, they're not bowing down to it. Last thing that I want to think about with and send you home with is when we do an examination, it's got the most valuable. Is it the most visible thing in my life? Somehow other people see you might have good abs, you have a good car, but somehow if one of the visible things in your life is you have a relationship with God. 
you have an integrity that you don't get defiled uh, very easy by the things going around you. You don't need of the king. You're not partaking of everything else everybody's partaking of. But then the last one is, is it the most viable? Is it the most successful? You know the story, right? These guys don't bow down. The king calls for them. He says, listen, because the king loved them. The king liked them. And he says, you guys, listen, we're going to play this again. Uh, you guys going to bow down. And, and they said, uh, king, let's keep this short. Our God can deliver us from your hands. We're not even worried about it. It's not even a question between you and, and our God, king. And from the fire, we don't know. But the bottom line is the most viable road for us to take was going to be the most successful practice is we're not bowing down. Now, everybody else there would say, muchacho, pero, pero piensen esto. You got to think about this. Esto fuego. Se van a quemar. You're going to get burned. You're, you're ruining your career. You got a government job. Stay there. You could influence the king. Look, just bow down. When you're bowing down, just say Jesus. Just say God of Israel, okay? Nobody knows it, you know. So outwardly, but you, come on, you could do this. You, you could be tolerant. But these guys, as they did examination, they came up with the result of no. We're not bowing down. Oh, was it viable? Well, you read here and you see in verse 26 that Nebuchadnezzar makes the furnace very, very burning. And, and you see that in verse 26, there the three Hebrew young men are there. And they gather together to, to, to burn them. The bodies of the guys that are going to put them in the fiery furnace burns. But the body of these guys, it says here in verse 27, the last part, the hair of their head, it was not singed, nor their garments affected. Not even the smell of fire was on them. Verse 28, you got to read that when you get home. I'm closing. If the worship team comes up, we'll close with a song. I look to your eyes. I hope you find this, I pray, inspiring to you as you do some search examination. They get thrown in the fiery furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar, he's the one that says, hey, weren't there three? I see four, and one of them is like the Son of God. It's a Christophany, Jesus himself, a pre-carnate presentation of Jesus in the Old Testament before Jesus even comes. So my family, what I'm trying to get you to see is that Sadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they put it all on the line, but the most viable way was to be faithful to God. I'm sure, I hope, I pray, a lot of you know in 2 Timothy, when Paul writes the last letter, he says, you know what? I have fought the fight. I have run my race. I have kept the faith. The most viable. Lord, help us, help me as we do our search, our examination. Help us to 
to see maybe where I'm off or we're off and to trust you, Lord, to make the correction that the end of our life would show, man, it was a viable road. It was the best thing to do, to follow Jesus, to trust Jesus, to believe in Jesus, to be faithful and obedient to Jesus Christ over any other pressure and tendency that was coming at us. I wish I had time with each one of you individually just to say, hey, how you doing? What are you expecting? Some people are still expecting a change politically. Maybe some of you here today. Some people are expecting that. They use this word. Man, I can't wait till we get back to normal. Ever heard that? That normal left the building a long time ago. The implication is if, if Israel, if Israel didn't do the things that United States is doing and God judged Israel, do we think for a moment that United States is not going to be judged? Could it be that we're under judgment even right now? But here's the one that shocks me. Could it be that the last two years has just been training for what really is about to come? How will I do? How will you do? We don't have to wait till we go through it. We could search 122 and let the Lord put everything in line. So when we go through it, we'll be remembering, God, I'm so thankful that as I was examining you, you helped me make the corrections. Oh, Lord, ay Diosito, Dios mío, gracias, gracias. So the message this morning is, go do the search, come back, tell someone so that we can worship the Lord together. I'm going to ask the pastors to come up front now. There's going to be pastors here. If you need to pray, maybe you want to pray. Maybe some of you would say, I don't need any examination, but my wife needs the examination of the husband. I hope you don't do that. But if you think that, come forward because the pastors, they're really going to pray for you. They might mention your wife, but you're the one that needs the prayer. Maybe your son or daughter, maybe your dad and mom. But if you need, if you need help with self-examination, come forward. Let's pray. Let's stand to our feet. Let me have a prayer. Father, Thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Lord, may we be found with the people like Deborah, like Ruth. Lord, people like Joseph. People like Daniel. Lord, may we see ladies like Esther. That we do that examination, Lord, and it's a constant being drawn closer to you. As you demonstrate, you show things that we need to bring to your feet. We need to repent of. We need to just stop it in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us. 
And bless everyone here today, those that are leaving right now to go get their kids. Bless them, Lord. May it be a good trip home wherever they're going, a good time of lunch. Give us a good Sunday afternoon. Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord, even as I'm with the grandchildren, enjoying them. Help me, Lord, to know that you're the most valuable thing in my life. And may that affect the grandkids, Lord. Show me how to live that for them. If there's anyone here today, Lord, that's never repented, never given their life to you. Anyone here today that would say, I'm away from God. I'm, a, I'm a far from God. Anyone here today, maybe in depression, anxiety, maybe even contemplating suicide. Anyone here today like that, Lord, may they come to the front even now and pray with one of the pastors. And we together pray, touch lives here right now, Lord, for the glory and in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen.